What's up? <laughs> I thought you were going to take it. Yeah. Well, I was. I thought about plugging my ears because of the scream from last one. Oh, 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 then I, I got just, you. Then I thought about just interrupting you. It was a little fear. Yeah, well, you could have took over. But he didn't, and my name is Garrett Wise, and this is the Armchair Analyst. This is episode 66, part four of our four-part series of drafting from different positions. I am joined, as always, by Hunter Saffel. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. This is, um, so like you said, part four of the episode, or the outline uh, series, we're drafting from the 110 to 112 position and kind of giving you guys a brief outline of what your team might look like if you're in one of these positions. And to me, this is probably the most interesting place to draft from uh, this year, given the players that are available, who you're going to have coming back to you, and, and how you can kind of use your strategies. Um, like I said, we're going to go 109 to 112, so... You, you're going to have a good player fall to you in the first, for sure. And I don't know about you, but I feel like this first round this year, there's as many potential outcomes as there ever has been. I, I know in years past, there it was like the first six picks, everybody knew who was going. It was like an order to it. And then you still kind of knew who your back six were going to be. This year, I've seen players end up in the mid-first that also fell into the second and other drafts. I've seen all kinds of things get shifted around, and so I think it's kind of fun to sit back and watch and see who comes to you here yeah so i i really like like the top 20 players in fantasy this year i i really like them and i feel safe drafting any of those top 20 players so if you're in the late first and you get to have two of those top 20 players to me that sets your team up for success regardless of who those players are and so i actually feel pretty safe drafting later in the first this year um, than in previous years because i feel like in previous years you almost had to reach and try to go get upside guys whereas this year you get to start with a really strong foundation late in the first, early second with any of these top 20 guys. Yeah, and just to back that up, um, at our draft recently, the Shane Branham, who's been on the show, who, you know, highly respected fantasy player, he's new to the league, and he got the option of starting from the 106 or the 112 or 111, and he ended up taking the 112. You know, normally I'd like to be in the middle of a draft, but he was thinking exactly what you said. I can have two sort of elite players at this turn, and that's what he did, and uh, I think it worked out good for him. So it's an interesting spot. You also get to work this this turn and kind of use that to your advantage as well. Yeah, and the longer I play fantasy, the more I enjoy being in the turn of a draft. Um, you know, I don't mind waiting because I like just going to get, instead of trying to play the ADP game, I like to just go get the guys I want and then let everybody kind of get what they want. It really frees you up. It, it, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I am as bad as anybody. I mean, I am a slave to the ADP. Like I want to make sure I'm getting quote unquote good value. I don't want to reach on people, but Sometimes you're right about dudes, and it's like worth reaching an extra five or six picks to go get your guys. And being at the end allows you to do that because you you don't have an option to wait on them. They're not going to make it back 24 picks or whatever it is. You just have to go get your guys, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll get into this really quickly. Um, so late late in the first round, you know, if you're sitting around the 110 to 112, um, if you're early like in that 110 position, guys like Saquon or CD Lamb will be there. Um, but personally, you know, I, I like Nick Chubb a little bit better than Saquon. Um, so I, I don't mind taking Nick Chubb here. Saquon's just a huge upside uh, pass catching. If you're in PPR so league. Fast. Yeah, well, I guess if you're in PPR league, Saquon's probably the pick here. Um, what If he hit, happens to fall in this late round. But um, I, th- I think most people in this time, I think Saquon's probably going to get picked before this, t- this part of the first round. So um, to me, like I just mentioned talking about the ADP game, but you're going to have a pick coming up really quickly after this um i like derrick henry's probably the best running back in my opinion in this area but um nick chubb will not make it back to you in the second round so nick chubb or 
Um, no, Nick Chubb probably the pick for me. So, you think in the first round? In the late first, yeah. I, I think there's a possibility. Like, I think you could possibly give me the early second. Do you, do you look at Pat Mahomes here at all? No, me neither. I don't. I think he's over. It's too expensive for what he is. I think Jalen Hurts has just as good of an opportunity to be the quarterback one on the year, and you can get him around plus later. Um, but not, not in this position. If you're drafting at the one ten to one twelve, you will true. not have a chance to get Jalen Hurts. I guess. It's I mean, just I too guess expensive. if you like, if you like Jalen Hurts, you could reach on him here. But yeah, I'm not looking at quarterback. The point is, I'm not looking at quarterback here yeah, because you're probably not going to get an elite quarterback from this position, and you just got to be okay with that. Or, I mean, if you want him, you can go get him. But to me, it's just too expensive at, at his value here. I, I just don't like it. But I do think there's an opportunity to go court, to go running back, running back here if that's what you want to do. That's what I mentioned. Shane Branham. Um, did he not? I'm trying to remember. I, and he, went, I, he went Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon. But, that's what I thought. He reached he, on Joe Mixon. Yeah, he did what we were just talking about. Like, he didn't think Joe Mixon. Because that draft, that league drafts running backs pretty heavy. And Historically, he was, they have, yeah. Yeah, and he was scared that Mixon would not make it back to him, so he went and got his guy. Yeah. So you could – this is the one position where I don't necessarily mind doubling up on and getting two guys and just being – that's your strong position. But you're going to have to do the same thing if it comes back to you. So anyway, um, yeah, Nick Chubb's a great pick. He's the guy that stands out here in the first round. Looking at the second oh, okay. round. <laughs> I thought you were going to – I didn't know if you were going to keep talking or not. No, looking at the second round, I mean, you can me. you can double it up. I mean, you can go with Derrick Henry if you want to. Like you said, he could be as good as anybody. But, man, I just – I do not feel good about having two big body – not really receiving top backs is my main running backs. I think they could both be top five running backs this year, but there's something about the way that they play. I'm scared somebody's going to get injured. It just feels too risky to me. And for me, I'm probably looking at receiver here. I don't really like, like Jonathan Taylor has been going here with his issues. I don't like that. Josh Jacobs is still, I think, holding out, even though he's a great player. I like some of these second-year wide receivers or third-year wide is, receivers. Yeah, so early in the second round, most of the time Devontae Adams is going to be available is there a tier break between Devontae Adams, especially? So we're, we're talking PPR between Devontae Adams and then the other guys. So other guys around this area: Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle. You know, if you go, if you like Chris Olave a lot, you'd have to reach a little bit. But is it Devontae Adams and everybody else, or all those guys in the same tier to you? It just depends on what you believe about Devontae Adams. Like he's one of the most talented wide receivers we've seen in our generation. If you believe he's going to continue to be that, even with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing him the ball and even at age 30, then yes, he's definitely in his own tier. If you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo can't sustain him and that with this new look Raiders and at his age 30, that he can't do it as good, then no, maybe those guys are ahead of him now. It's, it just depends completely on what you believe about Devonte Adams. For me, he's basically in the same tier as him. Um, he might be on the upper end of that tier, I like him better than certain players in that tier, but to me, he's right in the same ballpark as Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, kind of in that range. Yeah. Um, I think uh, his floor is probably higher than some of those guys um, as far as like touchdown upside. I mean, he's just been so good for so long. Uh, but in a PPR league, we just don't know what Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers is going to be. Um, ASB has just continued to get better. So um, to me, it's Devontae Adams, then the other guys, but I would not argue against taking a Garrett Wilson or um, Amon Ross St. Brown there. 
But I, I, I agree with you. I, th- I think that wide receiver is probably the pick in the early second. This might be really stupid, but I worry about Devontae Adams' like mentality on that team. We saw Darren Waller basically quit on him last year. And I, I'm just thinking about him. He's age 30. He's made plenty of money. He's won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. It's like he didn't really need this anymore, you know. And if this team comes out and they are horrible, if they're three and seven, like is he still playing as hard as he always has? And is he still, you know, getting 15 targets a game and, and being productive? Or is he kind of like, eh, I'm, you know, I got an ankle injury or whatever, and I'm, I'm laying it up? Yeah, well, I feel like there were reports of that earlier in the season or uh, training camp time. And, you know, it, 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 I guess there's always that chance, but they paid him a lot of money to come play football there. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a professional, and Josh Jacobs is now probably going to play for him too. Um, this team will – I think Josh McDaniels is going to be coaching for his job. So I, I do think that, that um, Devontae Adams is going to play. I mean, he's a professional when it boils down to it, and so I think that um, – I'm not too worried about it, but I do see the concern, I guess. I'm that's, well, that's just what balances out for me. Like talent-wise, I think he's ahead of those other dudes we talked about and what they've shown on the field. But those guys are all playing for their second contract, you know, and they're they're trying to prove themselves still, and I don't think he has anything left to prove. And that's that's my only concern with Devontae, and that's why I bump him down just a smidge. But I've got him in my first league of the year, and, and I feel good about it. Yeah, I, I, think, I think he's a pretty safe play, but – We'll move on to the late third round pick and then even into the early fourth round pick. Um, Gets a little dicey here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sketchy. So, like, this is, the, this is the time where you start reaching to go get your guys because if you're, there's so many question marks behind the running backs here. So, Travis Etienne, we don't know what that offense is going to be. There's been, you know, Tank, Tank Bigsby hype like crazy. Um, then you have a rookie running back in Jameer Gibbs who is way ahead of David Montgomery, and we don't know what that – uh, those roles are going to be in that offense. So then you have um, the tried and true Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. We talked about them in previous episodes and how we like them. You know, so getting those guys around this area. If you don't, if you're scared that they may not fall to you in the early fourth, you know, you could go get guys like that. But to me, it's the running backs are where you go here in the late third, um, unless you just really like Lamar Jackson. But um, the wide receivers, I just think they're going to fall. Like okay, so what running backs are you going for then? So it's probably Joe Mixon or Aaron Jones for me. See, and I thought when I saw Aaron Jones, I'm like, man, I hate to go that far down the list here, but I I think it is too. I mean, there's man, there's just so many question marks with those young guys. Um, like I said, I'm not really into Lamar. It shocks me that Calvin Ridley has risen this far. Um, I, I do not want Calvin Ridley this high. No, I, I I thought when we started the season he'd be like I don't know eighth round, seventh eighth round, and here we are. He is so high that's way too high. And the training camp videos have just boosted his ADP like crazy. Yeah, so I agree with you. Go running back there. Um, figure out who your favorite guy is and just you know go with your gut. I guess because they all have question marks at this point. Yep, and then you get into the early fourth, and to me it's like depending on your roster. Uh, but now I like to take a wide receiver because. All those running backs were probably going to go in that range, um, unless you took a guy like Joe Mixon and then Aaron Jones fell to you in the fourth, or vice versa. I don't mind taking two running backs if you've only drafted one to this point. Um, but but some of the wide receivers here I do like, like Debo um, and Amari Cooper. Yeah, we keep hitting on it, but this is a, a good balance finding round in the fourth. Is like if I've got three receivers, I better find a running back here. If I, you know, vice versa, same way. Um, and if it's two and one, then I'm going to put the emphasis towards whatever position I'm short of. So I got two receivers and one running back. I'm going to try and have another running back just to balance things out. If everything's equal. Do you look at some of the tight ends in this position? So the early fourth, so some of the tight ends like TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle, like those 
are those guys elite enough for you to even consider in the early fourth, or are you just waiting on, you know, potentially getting the Pitts, Goddard, or Waller later? I won't have I won't have Kittle on a single team uh, probably. I, I just think he's been good, but I I think his great years are behind him, especially with the team that they have around him right now. And he has been kind of injury prone here lately. Um, so I won't have Kittle anywhere. I'm not considering him. Who was the other one that was here? Hawkinson. Yeah, T.J. Hawkinson. I am scared to death, but also. Very excited about Hawkinson this year. I have no idea where he's going to fall. Um, he looked very good with the Vikings last year, but they did add Jordan Addison. And you kind of wonder if that was a flash in the plan, like fluke-type deal with Hawkinson. But, boy, he looked good. So if I don't like the other pieces there, I don't mind Hawkinson. But more than likely, I'm going to kick it back and, and try to pick up uh, some of these other tight ends a little yeah, bit so later. I, I really like Hawk as well, but I don't think – I think he's going to be great for fantasy, but I don't think he's going to be so much better that he's worth a third or fourth round pick here. I think I'd rather wait and try to get Dallas Goddard, who's a very similar type player um, and a really good offense with touchdown upside. You know, I, I, later, you know, two rounds later, um, instead of spending the you know late third, early fourth on Hawkinson. So, um, but now now we're sitting here in the um, late fifth. Um, to me, it's running back here, and we just talked about the tight ends because I think you can get a solid tight end or receiver in the early sixth. Now, the running backs who might be available here, someone like Dobbins, Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers, James Conner. It's James Conner for me, um, and then J.K. Dobbins is a close second. Uh, but James Conner, to me, is just going to be a really safe, uh, high-volume play. A guy that I'm going to take over, J.K. Dobbins, um, and I probably would take him behind Conner, but it'd be close, is Alexander Madison. I don't think we've talked about him enough on this show, probably. Um to me, he is just as talented or looked like it as Dalvin Cook is. We'll see with a full season slate, but man, he's been good with his touches. He doesn't have the legs run off of him for sure because he's been a backup all these years, but I think he has just as much potential as Dalvin Cook did with this offense, and I'm really excited to see what he does. Um, to me, he is probably a week-in, week-out starter for you, and, and that's worth a lot of this range. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought him up. So like within those running backs in that range, I think he's right behind Dobbins for me. Um, but a couple things that scare me is I don't think he's as good as Dalvin Cook for one, but I also am worried about the Kareem Hunt potential signing. Uh, you know, he worked out with the Vikings and, you know, drafting before Kareem Hunt signs is, you know, it's already burned me once. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just scary. drafted, I just drafted Brees Hall in a, in a draft uh, last weekend. So then Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets. So it's, it's, it's just nerve wracking trying to, when you hear about a running back like Kareem Hunt with his talent, like I think Kareem Hunt's probably just as good, if not better than Alexander Madison. And if he signs with the Vikings, that would really scare me. So that would, that's why Alexander Madison is number three on that list for me of those guys available. One, there's one more point about him. I want to make though, is like they showed that they're okay with a bell cow pretty much. I mean, Dalvin got the majority of that work. Alexander Madison was involved, but it was for like, you know, 10, 15% of snaps. And that is highly valuable. So if they bring Kareem Hunt in, that would be an issue. We also can't forget Leonard Fournette's out there floating around too, so he could screw some things up for people. But um, I like Alexander Madison. We'll see how he does this year. Do you like him better than James Conner? I, I think I put him behind James Conner just a second ago. Okay, so, I think it's a close second. I would put him, James Conner, and then J.K. Dobbins. So after. do you like one of those guys in the late fifth, though, probably those three running backs? Yeah. if it, I mean, I would have to look at the rest of my team um, and see how good I feel about it. But to me, James Conner is the safety net. Like, he's solid. 
Alexander Madison has a, the potential to be a game winner or a league winner, and I feel like he's still pretty pretty solid, not as solid as Connor. And then I think Dobbins has the most question marks around him. Uh, obviously, a lot of potential, but he's the third for me. Yeah, and the reason we talk about the running backs there in the late fifth is because the receivers available and the tight ends available in the early sixth, they're going to be very deep. So if you need a tight end or you like going tight end or feel like getting rid of, you know, feel like getting the tight end position filled so you don't have to worry about it later in the draft, you've got Pitts, Goddard, and Waller probably going to fall to you here in the early sixth. Pitts might go late fifth, you know, so if you want him, you might have to take a shot on him in the late fifth. But um, then the receivers that are available, Ayuk, Pittman, you know, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams. I like all those guys, Hollywood Brown. All those guys here. So if I went running back in the late fifth, I'm good with taking either one a shot on those tight ends or one of those running or one of those wide receivers. Yeah, I think I could be a tier above these guys, and and that's weird to say because I don't know what the San Francisco offense is going to look like, but I believe he was like wide receiver 15 last year, kind of sneaky. Um, and then the guys you mentioned at tight end, Pitts, Goddard, Waller, that's a tier in its own. I don't like Goddard personally. To me, he's the most boring tight end ever. He's going to be a tight end 10 again for like the fifth year in a row. But I like the other two. I like Pitts and uh, Waller. Um, after that, though, it gets pretty sketchy. Like, I would definitely be looking at tight end pretty hard because after that, you're just looking and hoping for a young guy that could pop for you. Yeah, I think if, if, I'm, getting, if I'm getting a tight end in that position, it's probably Waller for me. Um, but anyways, we'll move into the late seventh round. When you're getting here, you, you really, really don't have many running backs available here, so it's probably going to be a receiver. Um, there's a lot of young upside here with George Pickens, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson. I know you're a big fan of Jahan Dotson. I talked about on this show that I think this um, Washington offense is being slept on a little bit. It's probably Jahan Dotson for me in this position um, if he's available. If not, you know, I, I like Antonio Gibson um, also in that offense. Um, but then I know you've expressed uh, how much you like George Pickens as well. So um, if any of those guys are available here in the late seventh, it's probably one of those guys for me. Yeah, um, you just got to look and, and see who's available. I don't mind to double up on, on a wide receiver here if that's what you end up doing. I do want to mention, we haven't mentioned it yet on this episode, the reason we like playing that wheel so much, and especially if you're not at the 112, if you're at the 110 or whatever, um, look at the players behind you and see wh- what they've drafted so far. See if they need a run back, see if they need a receiver, see if they already have their quarterbacks, whatever, and help that make your decision if you're in between Pro two tip. guys here. Pro yeah, tip. so if you've got like uh, David Montgomery and George Pickens here and you like them both, look at who they've drafted because maybe they don't need a running back and you can wait on David Montgomery or something like that. Yeah, if they, if, if they clearly need wide receivers, get a wide receiver before them so they don't snipe your guy that you like. Absolutely. Um, and then you're sitting around like the early eighth. Um, do you like the quarterbacks here, Prescott, Watson, Tua? No. Yep, I'm passing on quarterback <laughs> as well. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, tight ends available. Sorry, guys. No, I, I, I'm right there. Dalton yeah. Schultz, David and Joku. Like, I'm probably passing on tight end here if I haven't drafted one. So I'm just going to continue to punt those two positions if I haven't gotten them. Um, like I said, we just mentioned Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson. Like to me, those are the picks. Um, if it's a PPR league, Antonio Gibson over Brian Robinson, but he's available around here, and then Michael Thomas as well. Yep. Yeah. And on those quarterbacks, I mean. The, the only I think all three of those guys, if they're healthy, are going to be top fifteen running back or quarterbacks. But none of them are going to be top seven or eight. So I can go find guys like that in the twelfth round, and I don't want to waste a, a earlier pick here if I don't have to. And that that was my only thing there. Yeah, and it's it kind of gets stale whenever you have a guy in your starting lineup that gets you 
the quarterback seven to nine every single week with no league win- or week winning upside in a single week. It's the worst feeling in the world. Well, second worst feeling in the world for fantasy is when you're getting beat every week and your quarterback gets you 16 points and you're playing against dudes that get you get 26 40. points. Yeah, or 40. <laughs> and it's so aggravating. But the only thing worse than that is when you drafted that guy in like the seventh round and he's getting you 16 points and you're like, man, I could have had a lot better players and I wasted that pick or whatever. Yeah, so, right. yeah, if you're going to have to miss out on him, just miss out on him big time and, and use your later picks for him. Yep. So moving on to the late ninth round, um, in this position, you know, you've got some – We've talked about like this is where you've probably got all your starters filled already. Now you're just looking for depth pieces. Um, Khalil Herbert, for some reason, is still late right here. So like to me, he's the he's the number one huge smash. We've talked about him on the previous episodes. He's probably not going to fall this late. You probably needed to take him earlier in the um, earlier in the draft, but uh, it's Khalil Herbert here according to ADP, and no one else even comes close. Tell me about. I agree with Khalil Herbert. Tell me about Elijah Moore because. I've got him on a team or two, and I've had so many trade offers in Dynasty for Elijah Moore. And I was a big Elijah Moore as a rookie. I was huge into him. I was a big fan. And since then, I haven't seen anything to be a fan of, but everybody else keeps sending me trade offers. And so I know people are seeing something they like. I'm one of those people I sent you. You one. are. <laughs> yeah. So I was hoping you could tell me why you like yeah. him. <laughs> I actually hate him. He sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. probably yeah. trade him away. Yeah, for I should have already sent him. Discount. Yeah. No. Um, so Elijah Moore, it's, I feel like this is just one of those situations because he's extremely talented. Um, like you said, you liked him his rookie season. There was many reasons to like him. What happened was off the field issues that made his sophomore season so bad. And what, in my opinion, what he just needed was a new, a new atmosphere, a new place, new locker room. Because um, I think that he's going to be the kind of guy that can show his talents. He's running out of the slot in this offense, and you know we expect this offense to be better. We expect Deshaun Watson to take a step forward. Um, he's not going to be relied on as the you know the wide receiver one. That's Amari Cooper's job, and then he's not going to have to play on the outside a lot with where Donovan's people, Donovan Peoples Jones, will be. You know, as a deep threat, so he's going to be a slot guy. He's going to be a possession type dude, um, which is where he thrived in in his rookie season. So um, I just like he, he's a guy that has a lot of upside, a lot of talent. He's still young. Um, he's pretty flashy. So I just think that what people like so much about it is just the the potential he brings to a Deshaun Watson led offense. Okay. You want to trade? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. We're working on it. I'm going to come up with something. Now I'm scared to trade him though. You made him sound so good. Well, I talked about him on other episodes and it didn't sway you. I know, I know, but I'm, but now I'm, that everybody else likes, him, I know I'm getting all these offers. I'm like, hey, this dude's good. I can't they, trade. They him. listen to me. Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, but that, actually in that 10th round. So we talked about the ninth. That's probably Khalil Herbert if he falls, but then the 10th, um, those wide receivers, Elijah Moore, Cortland Sutton, those are the kind of guys I'm looking at in the tenth round there, um, and that's that's probably about it. I don't, I don't really like the tight end uh, pieces in that area. Geno Smith was probably available in the tenth, so if you punted quarterback, uh, you could probably get him in the tenth. But um, besides that, once I once I get out of the tenth round, it's just loading up um, on depth. Unless you punted the tight end. If you punted the tight end, I'm looking for Higby, Dolchitz, Laporta, or Everett. Those those top four tight ends that are going to be available around the 11th round or so. Trying to get those guys and then just loading up on depth after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I would say uh, when you get in these late rounds, look at youth. I mean, look for somebody that can really change the game for you. I think Bryce Young could be that at quarterback. If you got a boring guy, if you got Kirk Cousins, uh, find you a young guy like that that maybe could break out and be a, be a star. Um, Real quick. Sorry, you got one more thing to say? No, go ahead. Before, before we end, who are 
So if you're in this 110 to 112, you are getting... Or no, you don't finish the round, dude. The draft, dude. The 111 does. Yeah. Dang, I was going to say, who's your Mr. Irrelevant, like a rookie upside? But anyways, give me two rookie players that you think have a ton of upside that you would take with like your last couple picks in a draft. Man, all right. So one is Chase Brown. He's running back with Cincinnati. He's very good. They drafted him this year um, because of Mixon's legal issues and stuff and, and just because there could be an opportunity there. But one that is too small to play football and uh, he's still exciting to me and he's probably not who you're thinking I'm going to say, but it's Deuce Bigelow. Nope, it's Tank Dell. Deuce Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, Tank Dell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I knew you were going to think I was uh, Deuce Vaughn, but Tank Dell has looked really good in preseason. He's just been electric, been shifty all over the place. I don't know how he's going to or late, but like when you're talking about super late guys, um, that's a dude. And then I, I don't know, Roshan Johnson is is also that's still that was going to be my answer. Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, late, just we've talked about ambiguous backfields on this podcast before. Um, I think Roshan Johnson is just worth a flyer, uh, just to kind of see what his role is, and then the potential to either take over that backfield or if something were to happen to Khalil Herbert. Um, I think Roshan's just really good and good reports out of camp so far. Um, and for all those same reasons, I like Kendra Miller late as well. He's a little banged up, but he was hurt at, at the end of college, and he still got drafted as a day two pick. Um, Saints believe in him. Alvin Kamara is suspended. Not 100% sure if Jamal Williams is great. I think he can take over that backfield. So um, I like both of those guys later in drafts. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this is episode four of four with our drafting from different positions series. Uh, hopefully you listened all four. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Good luck in your draft season. Yep. Good luck guys. <laughs>